Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Football Film Room Podcast. Hello and welcome inside the Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We have reached the end of 2020. The college ball playoff is just a couple of days away. We have bowl games in progress right now and other games getting canceled. And the NFL is headed to week 17. Chris, there's a lot of things to digest here as we are in the final days of 2020. But just now, breaking news a couple of minutes ago, Miami quarterback De'Eric King, who just this week announced that he was taking advantage of the NCAA rule that allows you to come back for another year of eligibility because of this 2020 COVID year. He went down with what appeared to be a nasty knee injury uh, in this bowl game, the Cheez-It Bowl against Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm sure you saw it. What did it look like to you? Well, I hate to speculate. I'm, I mean, it looks ominous. Um, just I'm watching them again as they showed them helping him off the field. So I'm just going to just hope and pray that it's, you know, it's not nearly as bad as it looks. But my, my concern is that it just um, – we, we shall see it just um it almost is remin i don't know why it just comes in my mind but willis mcgahee years ago had mm. the knee injury in the bowl game and uh, of course willis was coming out that year in the draft and and he still ended up going in the first round yeah uh, but this is tough you know this is tough it's tough to see and not going to speculate we'll see and uh, certainly um uh, you know, the issue is now what is potentially going to do for this upcoming season, all the off season, we could be looking again, like Mr. Us could let's hope and pray that it's just, it looked bad and it's not, I've seen those, but let's, let's let the official word come out. But it is, uh, it, it's always uh, heartbreaking to see, and you possibly looking at uh, a lot of missed time, next year but let's hope and pray um we just uh, look it's the ugly part of the game it's the the thing about it and it really um maybe underscores for a lot of folks why did y'all come out early you know everybody mm. get injured and, yeah uh, okay but understand that Derek it needs a lot of development as a football player as a quarterback and he really the development at the the NFL level is a little bit overrated in that you don't have as much time. And, you know, some guys are good enough to where everybody needs development in the NFL, of course. But some guys are need a lot more. And he does. So what my fear is, is that, you know, if he doesn't get the chance to work on the football this offseason and during next season and he miss um and he has to spend it in rehab. It just yeah. hurts his development. But um, listen, I understand it. It's it's a the brutal part of our game. The injury factor is is the worst part of our game, quite frankly. And it's just something that's not uh, never going to be completely avoidable. And uh, I would say that the things that they have done with knee injuries or injuries, the medical advances, it's the greatest advancement in my lifetime of football and now getting closer and closer and closer as I turned another birthday earlier this week, I, I, the biggest thing is the advancement in now almost over 35, 
40 years is when I first started in football, when you had knee injuries, for example, it was a two year injury because they literally need to cut through muscle and everything. They didn't, they couldn't go in with a scope and do what they do now. What they can do now is just incredible. And it, it enhances the ability to repair and get things done better. It's not as invasive. And the biggest part of the rehab is always, you got to regrow those muscles and tendons and you got to work that. And so there's rehab, but not nearly what it used to be. So let's hope and pray it's uh, obviously starting on, on some bad news, but that uh, is a um, bit of tough, been a tough first half for my half for Miami Yeah, down. Haven't, de- haven't defended anybody very well this first half against Oklahoma state. And now, um, well, a wait word. By the time you're hearing this, there may be, um, if you were listening to this on podcast form, um, we, we may have the definitive word on on his injuries. Let's hope and pray for the best for that young man. Yeah, Miami uh, trails Oklahoma State 21-10 at the half of the Cheez-Its Bowl. We've got another game coming up later on, the Alamo Bowl uh, in San Antonio, Colorado, and Texas. That one to kick off around 9 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we had a game canceled, another game canceled, Chris, and it won't be the last one, I'm sure, that's going to get canceled here. Um, it's just the reality of the nature of what this COVID season has been. But all we can do now is look forward to the college football playoff. New Year's Day is really what we're all focused on, right? We're focused on the two games, the semifinals on Friday, Alabama-Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl, which is going to be played in AT&T Stadium in Texas, and then Ohio State-Clemson in the Sugar Bowl played, as always, in New Orleans. If there is any COVID concerns with those games, they won't be canceled. They'll be pushed back, correct? That is the plan. That's what they said. They uh, they have built it in as they can push back the finals. So to allow for this, and obviously no one wants that, uh, of course, but that is the, the other bowl games. As you mentioned, Music City Bowl was canceled again today. 18th of such bowl games that have been those games, while meaningful and important on a, on a lower level, um, no reason you know, to postpone those or just cancel those, these uh, for obvious reasons being part of the playoff, they're going to fit this in. Um, I mentioned we were talking before we turned on the mics and went live. And part of me is just I'm wanting to get them through. I, I don't want to have – I have had my fill, I, I, I admit. I've uh, I've up to here with the mm-hmm. concerned about whether we're going to play a game. Yeah. The college game was always a worry all year. So I'm going to be happy to take that big next step Friday when we get these two games in. I'm not going to be glad that they're over. I'm just going to be glad that we get them in without any problem and is knock on wood. And then then obviously that's just one game. And then that gives us, you know, hope that that we can um, we can get that one in. And I just I just feel a lot more confident that we'll be able to get the NFL in because of how things are done there and the money. But I have concerns about it, and it would be a a real negative, you know, tone to the playoffs. And you know, if we had it postponed or we had a bunch of missing players, I know it's affected the season, Scott, and everyone out there. I mean, we, everyone's talked about it. So Ohio State deserved to be in. They only played six games. All of, that's been bad enough to deal with. If we have to have a situation where a whole bunch of guys, um, you know. Uh, getting missing games or whatever. It just, it just would be tough. Cause at the very end, I know this, that the best team in college football is in the playoffs, the best couple of them. So, I mean, you know, I think we're going to see that if anything derails that it would, it would be a tough ending of the season. Well, let's talk about Alabama and specifically wide receiver Devontae Smith, who was awarded the AP College Football Player of the Year Award. Uh, I believe it's 17 of the last 23 Heisman winners have won that award, Chris. So if you're leaning towards maybe Smith winning the Heisman, it's unconventional for a wide receiver. But, you know, if the AP award is anything that tells you anything, maybe that's where uh, people are leaning. When you watch him on film, how does he grade out to you and how does he look at the next level? Because I think, I mean, maybe for me in particular, when I was evaluating this Alabama team at the beginning of the year, 
it was more about Jalen Waddle than it was about Devontae Smith. And I'm not sure if that's how it should have been or if that's how it was for anybody else, but it certainly was for me. And this kid has just had a, a, an incredible record-breaking season. Let that think in, sink in to, to what Scott just said. And Scott, think about what you just said, because it's true. <laughs> Jalen Waddle was the number one receiver. And Devontae Smith, because everybody said, all right, who's going to step up? And everybody's going to have to step up. But who's going to be the number? Devontae Smith, who was not even the main receiver on that team, is, I don't know if he's, he's probably the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. (laughs) Not even the number one guy. Because, again, yeah, it was Waddle. He was the guy. Um, I do think there is a little bit of, you know, Waddle was the speed guy. Devontae's got underrated speed, but is such a great route runner. He's become the go-to guy, and so he's got more numbers. Dare I say that if Jalen Waddle's there, Devontae's not winning the Heisman because the touches and everything, the numbers yeah. wouldn't be there, mm-hmm. and it might be Mac Jones. You know, it might be Najee. I mean – I don't know. Um, again, you got a situation where Trevor Lawrence, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has had the best season. I think he's played well, but he's missed some games and that's a that's a that factors into it. I think Devontae's played better. But uh as far as his next level, um the guy that he reminds me of a lot is Marvin Harrison coming out of Syracuse. Uh interesting. Marvin was Great possession guy. Um, well, Marvin was rail thin, and I, I just I can remember being in the meetings, and I can remember being grilled. Gosh, this guy gonna make? He's gonna get broken in two. Uh, there's a lot of concern about Marvin. You know, um, Devontae's a little bit better put together in the upper body, um, but the ability to stem his routes, uh, Marvin was so quick, and it's such good burst. Um, Devontae's got very, very good burst. Devontae doesn't have waddle speed. Who does? Um, rug speed. Who does? I mean, those, those ridiculous. Um, and he doesn't have, um, uh, Julio Jones size. You know I mean? He's different. He is really, really good. He can play X. Um, he can play Z. I think he's on just unbelievable. And I think he's going to have early success in the league. Yeah. What a, what a, what a wide receiver room last year. Ruggs, Judy, Waddle, and Smith. That's your four. <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. that we, we talk about that all the time. It's like going from Julio Jones to Calvin Ridley. You know, it's, it's, and, 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 and they've, got, they've got some other young guys that yeah. based upon their talent and based upon how they're coached and what they're asked to do that, you're going to know those names and they're going to be names that you'll think of in a similar vein. It's just, uh, it is the rich getting richer. I can remember when rugs and waddle first came in and, you know, and there were just young pups. And I remember watching the first spring practice tape and uh, these guys have a chance. The thing that I don't think Alabama gets enough credit. Everybody just assumes, Oh, there's just great talent. Folks, there's great talent. They are developed better than even the best developmental programs. And that's why they're dominant. Because Mm -hmm. if you take the great developmental programs that, quote, unquote, the ones that we laud as, boy, they take three-star guys and they make them into good pros. Alabama takes the best, the five-star plus guys, and develops them to the best of their ability. And that's why their program is just on a completely different level on a consistency basis. Um, because they develop and they coach and they scheme and all these things that complement great talent because I think the MVP of the Alabama offense all year has been the offensive line. Their offensive line protection has been great. It allows for all those double moves. It allows for a lot of things to take place that never take place if you don't have the protection and the line, the time to do it. So – uh, it is an embarrassing embarrassment of riches, and Devontae is just really, really polished. And, and I think he's 
I think he's more advanced than um, I think Amari Cooper was and Calvin Ridley were really advanced as route runners. Devontae's better than both of them wow. at, at, at this stage yeah, of yeah. understanding how to stem routes. And uh, that's that's pretty impressive. I, I think he'll have early success in the league. Yeah, high praise. Uh, so Alabama takes on Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl, the first semifinal game on New Year's Day. Alabama heavily favored. We know this Notre Dame offense can score. We also know the history of Notre Dame in these big spots. They tend not to compete. Um, I, I, as much as I think that it it could be one of those games, Chris. Similarly, like these two teams met up previously in the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I want to see Notre Dame compete. I want to see this be a competitive game. I want to see it look more like the second half of Alabama, Florida, rather than the first half of Alabama, Florida. If that makes sense. Now, when you say they don't compete. Just to make sure, I make sure I understand that. And you mean that the games are not competitive? That you're not saying that they don't try or they don't have heart. They're just. Are you saying I, that? Or are you saying I'm, they're just not as? You know? I'm saying they are 0 and six in their last six big bowl games, losing by an average of 24 points per game. Okay. They um, they faced off against in 2018 they fa- or, or uh, most recently the Cotton Bowl against Clemson they lost 30 to three they in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State lost 44 28 the BCS championship against Alabama was a 42 14 route they faced LSU back in the Sugar Bowl couple in tw- in 2007 41 14 was the loss there I mean this is this is just a, a program that can get there but has not been able to get over that hump and has not looked competitive in these games. Okay. I want to go big picture a little bit. Those are all obviously great points in, in, in accurate statements. Here's what I would say. And I think here's where college football is. There's Alabama. And I think we've seen Clemson it, it be on a par with Alabama or just underneath, or in some mm-hmm. cases, just a little bit above. I think we've seen, Ohio State look like on a par with Alabama and Clemson, although they they don't have the titles quite to the degree of those two recently, but but look pretty good. Um, I've seen Georgia with a lot of talent be there, not quite get over the hump. You know that that's a team that's really really talented. But think about this: who has competed with Alabama? We've not had. Other than those three, no one competes. With, uh, oh, yes. LSU, one year, last year, no mm-hmm. doubt. No one does. So my point is, is that, yeah, that's true. Who does? Notre Dame is amongst the best teams in the country that are not the the the, the elite teams that we mentioned. So my point is, is, you know, that's that's for the people that talk about eight eight teams and all that stuff or six, you know, have more playoffs, which, you know, my feeling on it and your feeling, too, with, with the Bulls and that, that scenario. But but the reality is, is look at all the, the games that are when Alabama plays Washington, Alabama plays Michigan State, Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, they're blowouts, 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 yeah. blowouts. I mean, it's all blowouts. All right, Notre Dame is in that group. I think, personally, I don't think Brian Kelly in Notre Dame gets enough credit because I'm impressed that they're good enough to be there. I don't think people realize, and again, Notre Dame is polarizing, right? People love them. People hate them. There's not a whole lot of Notre Dame. Your thoughts on Notre Dame out there? Eh, you know what I mean? But people are just, hey, let me tell you, those son of the guns are overrated. Hey, you know, you go out, you whatever. I look at it. Here, here's what I see in Notre Dame. I see a program that is a lot different than Alabama or, um, you know, uh, and we're throwing Oklahoma. I mean, is Oklahoma done and competed? Is, I mean, they competed against Georgia in the Rose Bowl, but that's a team too, historically. Notre Dame doesn't recruit the same type of players. No, there's a different academic standard. Big academic standard. And a couple of other things. I don't know how many people know this. If you go to Notre Dame, regardless what your curriculum is, you got to take calculus as a freshman. 
It's pretty tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just who you get in there. Uh, kids have to stay on campus. Mm-hmm. Have to. If there's a disciplinary issue on a football player, Brian Kelly does not make that decision. That is a decision made by the university. It is a completely different. And so I, I guess what I would say, and I'm not trying to defend or whatever. I'm, I'm trying to point. If if I took Notre Dame, I, I would say that how Notre Dame operates academically, they're more like a Northwestern or a Stanford or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But they have more football tradition and they have more outreach nationally. I think they're doing a great job getting there. And I want to bring this up because Brian Kelly said, I don't know why the narrative is there. And the yeah, I think they're going to get blown up. I'm not surprised. I'm, I think that they, uh, folks, NM would have gotten blown out. They have gotten blown up. You know, um, Cincinnati, please give me a break. It's uh, none of these, none of these. I mean, if you want to be honest, a, a team that doesn't deserve it but probably could compete better would be a team like Georgia. Now and, we, and, and they got blown out. <laughs> right, right, right. But now I'm talking about Georgia now, which yes. is a yeah, little bit better. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They got blown out as well. You're right. Again, no one is competing. So I think what is it's almost like if Notre Dame doesn't make the playoffs but go to a new year's six bowl game and they win people would have a higher opinion of them but because they're the sacrificial lamb against the big boys of clemson and alabama oh they don't show up again i I get it and you're right i mean it's true notre dame is not those teams they're not absolutely i don't know that they should be uh, I just, I mean, you know, my point is, is, well, you're Notre Dame. You should do that. Let me just say this for people that don't know. Lou Holtz did a better job. Lou Holtz, when Lou Holtz got to Notre Dame, they relaxed. I don't want to call anybody, but the Jerome Bredises and the Tony Rices of the world, they were not typical Notre Dame students. They relaxed the academic standards. That's not taking place now. So I guess I look at it from understanding what it is that you have to do and the job that they have. I would say that if Stanford or Northwestern or, uh, you know, somebody of that ilk made it to the playoffs, we'd be talking about how great that is. Notre Dame, not so much. And yet Notre Dame has a bigger standing historically football-wise, I understand it, than those. But I don't think think they get enough credit for what they're doing. Well, they play this guy. No, they don't. No, and they, hey, you know what? People wanted them to go into a conference. Well, first year here in a conference, and they go to the conference championship. They did, and they did. And and look, not their fault that Clemson mm-hmm. wasn't healthy when they played them. They beat them. Uh, no one else in the ACC can compete with Clemson. No one's been able to do that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame competed with them. I mean, I know that wasn't competitive, and oh, but it was this game. Hey, they were able to. I mean, what what, it, what do you want them to do in the game against Clemson the first time? Not play? Uh, yeah. Lose? I mean, mm-hmm. they at least did that. No, they're not as good as Clemson. They're not as good as talented as Ohio State. And all this stuff. Look, so I think that – I think they're going to get beat and hammered. Now, I will say this. When they played Alabama in the 2012 um, uh, the BCS championship game – the folks, it looks different now. Notre Dame has gotten bigger and stronger at the line of scrimmage than they were then. Yeah. You still don't have the athletes to get open and make plays. So, yeah, look, I mean, does Notre Dame, do they want to get to that next level and they can compete? You know what? It would help everybody if Clemson and Alabama weren't so damn good. Because you know what? If you took them out, you'd have a pretty good playoffs. I mean, you really would. Yeah. I mean, think about that. They are not eligible. I'm taking them out. Take Ohio State out, too. They're good. Think about that. You eliminate those three teams. Who's going to win the title? Wow, man, that's really interesting. It's, it's not. No one is challenging those teams unless those teams implode. And so I just think that is in mind now again. Well, they don't deserve to be there. Who deserves to be there over Notre Dame? You can yeah. make the case that AM deserved to be there as much, not anymore. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other than I think that this is li- liable to be lopsided. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, they kind of know it. And, and, um, 
and they're gonna they're gonna get hammered because they, they're that's gonna be another notch into look they can't do it in the big games. Well, no, they can't do it. Who can do it in the big games other than Alabama and Clemson? Really? Yeah. All right, I got it. LSU did it last year, right in my backyard. I get it. It can happen. But you know the consistency of who can do it. Notre Dame has been consistently really good. I think that's pretty impressive because I think what they have to do and how they have to run the program, I'm, I'm surprised that there's not a four or five loss season in there every now and then for Notre Dame. And it hadn't been since, since the recent years and yeah. Brian, it's kind of fixed things. So. so let's look at the other semifinal then Ohio state and Clemson. Can Ohio state do enough to pull off the upset in, a, in that game, which you and I are both on the same page that we think Clemson will win. Can Ohio state do enough to upset them? I, they can. And I, I don't, I wouldn't consider this a huge, huge upset. I expect Clemson to win. Um, there's a lot of unknown about Ohio State, and it starts with Justin Fields. Now, word out of there, talking with one of their coaches, that Justin's had a good week of practice. My question, and they're very coy about it, something's wrong, something has been wrong, something was wrong with that thumb last week. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I, I could see, when I broke down the tape, I could see how the ball was being released. You could see that, seeing and studying it over the years. Something's not right with that thumb. I don't know what it is again. And I, so how healthy is going to be? Let's start there. And quite frankly, we probably need to stay on that because if that's not the case, if he's not healthy, then they really don't have much of a shot. If he can be the Justin Fields that we have seen prior to that, and he hasn't played all that well this year. So you, you throw in a lot of, okay, hadn't played a lot, not had a lot of meaningful, you know, game preparation practices with only six games. Now, recently, the thumb is bothering him. There's a lot of ifs there. This Ohio State team is talented. Now, this Clemson team, this Clemson team is a little bit different than some of the Clemson teams of the past as well. Um, they're very talented. But their offensive line is not quite as good as they have been. Uh, the defensive line doesn't have the three and four year starter war daddies that they've had before. They 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 they've got talent, not as good. They've got good receivers. They don't have the T. Higgins, Mike Williams type guys that just you know, hey boy, you just throw yeah. it and then just it's not. It is a lot about um, uh, you know, about Trevor Lawrence carrying that team yeah um you know or putting it on its back being the big leader i think he makes a ton of big plays and i think he's the big difference i think he can make plays when his feet when things break down i think clemson and ohio state last year both were better than both clemson and ohio state this year that's fair. I, I, I think they're they really were better last year both of them and i think this game is not quite as competitive going in because as I go back to what I said weeks ago, I don't think this Ohio State team is nearly as developed as they would have been had they played 10 or 12 games. Everybody yeah. talks about they don't deserve to be in or they do deserve to be in, regardless what you think about it. One thing I can tell you is they've not had the chance to develop their team this year. They really yeah. haven't. Um, and so I, I, I think, though, that that they're talented enough, and I think in addition to being highly motivated, they got a little bit of an edge to them now. I mean, they, they, they're going to be ticked off. They really want Clemson, not just for last year, but obviously that bulletin board stuff with the Dabble, that, that's real for those players. I, I, I hope this is a good game. I think it has a chance to be pretty good, but um, I also think there's a, there's a chance if Justin is not healthy and playing better that this could be decisive. So, uh, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, let's go to the NFL, Chris. Uh, we got some questions to answer as well, but we'll start uh, like we do every single uh, episode with our play of the week. And this one comes to us from Monday Night Football, Chris. And the reason why I wanted to highlight this one, this is uh, Stefan Diggs connecting uh, Stefan Diggs touchdown from Josh Allen. What I wanted to highlight, though, is just the growth of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs' emergence uh, on this team, you know, you know, the trade from Minnesota, he has brought so much to this team. Josh Allen is setting records, and Buffalo is a very, 
very dangerous team, I think, in the AFC. And that AFC title game against the Chiefs is going to be pretty fun. But here's the play. Let's take a look at it. It's a uh, – Chickers look like a three-by-one set. He has really done a good job in, in setting up in the pocket. He's really strong, good base, but he's got good footwork. And you see that's improved. That's improved his accuracy a great deal. Uh, this is uh, – I'm trying to remember the play here. Oh, yeah, this is the – Really a great job here. What a what a great play after the catch here. Getting open. It's a really nice job. This is a really good play design. Another example. Very talented team, very talented quarterback. But Brian Dayball, um, by the way, former offensive coordinator at Alabama, former assistant for coaching quarterbacks under Josh McDaniel and Bill Belichick in New England, now a prominent head coaching candidate with Buffalo, doing a really good job with play design, and I think doing a good job developing Josh Allen, who, let's remind folks, this Buffalo team played pretty well in the playoffs for a half last year. Before Houston, you know, gave all sorts of threats to Kansas City, it was this Buffalo team that had the lead, and it was Josh Allen who made some critical mistakes. So mistake avoidance is key. So let's take a look at it again here. This is the touchdown play here. This is the touchdown play that, all right, so this, we'll see here. Does a really good job. I want to see this again. I haven't broken this tape down yet since it was last night. You see the speed getting behind the defender. Let's take a look here. Uh, they're up pretty tight. There is a uh, really good job. All right, play fake there. Sucks them in. So the play action sucks them in. Obviously, you've got a deep defender that's got to cover uh, 13, and you've got a really good crosser in man coverage, So, which he's identified pretty quickly early that there's man coverage, and this is just beating your guy, and there's really – we're going to take a look at this from the wide angle again. I'd like to. So if we can kind of get it maybe towards – Scott, if we can get it towards the start of the play, and let's look at the alignment for our uh, – for our viewers watching this. So as you take a look at it, it's a it's a tight punch set, three by one set. You've got you've got man coverage here, okay, but you've got uh, uh right there at the 43 and a half, 44 yard line, you've got uh you've got man coverage, but you got a little bit of a switch up here. So by formation, it causes a little problems here because you've got the bite coming in here on the play fake. And so now you've got man coverage. It opens up. So we're going to run this back again. I know I'm being a headache for Scott because this is important <laughs> to watch. If we go back again, so watch as you see the release of the receiver at the bottom. Diggs comes across, okay? So you've got man on one side. You essentially got zone and watch this. You got, you got man coverage here. You got playing in a chase position, and the deep safety help is going with the deep guy. So he can't win here. So if he bites up on digs, they go and hit 13 there um, for the touchdown deep on the post. This is just a really good play design with a speed guy and the play fake. So this is a combination of the run game. And watch it from here, the end zone level. Watch how they're able to – and watch 13 here release out of the slot. So he gets and he's going to run a post, and that brings over the safety. But the play fake brings up the linebacker. So it is man-on-man man to the left side of your screen as you see digs come across. Got play fake. You've got that digs crosses the face there of the defender, and you've got a complete clear out. So there's he is behind the man defender, and he's beyond – the other defenders that are now peeking, going in for the run, and obviously you can't be chasing him and you get behind. But this was a two-way option and a two-way read, and based upon the safety going deep, Josh Allen does a great job going man coverage to digs. If the safety bites up underneath, they would have gone to 13 on the post. And again, he's got crossing the safety's face. That's a pretty easy touchdown pass. So very likely – that's a touchdown pass and a throw, regardless where he chooses to take it. It's it's like how options. How impressed have you been with the growth of Josh Allen? And does someone like Brian Dable deserve a ton of credit for his development? 
Absolutely. I think a couple of things. I think that offensive line's improved. I think they run the football fairly well. At times, not a, enough or not as well as they'd like to. But that has been a big part. It, it complements everything. It sets things up. It, it's, it, it creates the spacing and coverage. The run game effect there affects the coverage. So that makes it easier for the quarterback to the read. So it's not just what you do with the guy's footwork, not what you do in terms of teaching him coverages, but what you do from formation to make sure that you can better identify coverages pre-snap to give him a little bit of a head start. And then obviously he identified very quickly that it's man coverage. So he had two guys there on the play fake. And as I said, he had two really good options. So it's a really good job of play design strategy that creates the opportunity that's more favorable for a quarterback to be able to learn and adjust. And then uh, I think what I've seen with is a little bit more confidence and poise. It's a chicken egg thing because when you're able to make plays, you're able to have success, you've got confidence. I just think the fact that he's protecting the football better, it's the biggest thing. Look, he's had the ability to make some plays in the past, Mm -hmm. but what he's doing more now is protecting the football, making the right decisions. Don't turn it over because that's the real key going forward. And I agree with you. You kind of hinted at it. They are right there with Kansas City as the most complete team in the AFC. I know Pittsburgh kind of got back on track. They're just, you know, struggling in. Tennessee is, you know, that just nobody has the look. There's maybe somebody that's dangerous in a one-game scenario, but I do think that Kansas City and Buffalo are the most complete teams. I think Buffalo is very good defensively, like their secondary. They're well-coached on that side of the ball. Leslie Frazier deserves to get a lot of credit there. Um, Sean does a great job. Probably doesn't get enough credit because Sean does such a good job. I like they're healthy on defense now, so they're playing a lot better than they were uh, in the earlier stretch of the season where they weren't. Um, they've got some ability to run it, as I say. Uh, and, and again, Josh has got ability to make plays. Um, you know, I certainly give Kansas City – the edge in terms of explosive playmaking ability. And, you know, they just seem to, but, but Buffalo's actually playing a little better right now. Kansas city. I keep wondering, are they going to be able to turn it on Scott? Cause boy, they come out of games and they're just, yeah, they just, won, they, I think it's seven straight now all by a single possession. Yeah. They just, and it's just like they're, they are literally like a cat playing with a mouse. They just want to just kind of it's like they just seem to be uninterested. That's a little bit dangerous when you get yourself into that, because if they do that in the playoffs, maybe they can come back. Maybe they won't. But I agree with you right now. Uh, give me Kansas City, Buffalo and Arrowhead, and I'm I'm going to be happy. But I, I am kind of looking forward to the triple header Saturday and Sunday a week. From it's it's going to be fun with those wild card round games. Uh, let's get to some questions here. Burns mm-hmm. wants to know how important do you think home field advantage will be in the playoffs? I know certain I, teams obviously have fans. Other teams don't. Yeah, um, obviously it's not going to be the same with crowd noise. That's not going to be the factor. I think there's still an advantage. Well, uh, like Green Bay will have an advantage yeah. in the weather, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the first thing I was going to mention, the weather. So if you got Green Bay and you got New Orleans having to go to Green Bay, let's say if it came to that, big advantage for Green Bay. So the weather is a factor. The other thing I think is just it's it always is a little bit of an advantage when you're at home and – preparation and and you don't have to travel that's a little bit of an advantage but i do think in a nutshell this is probably where you're going the home field is less of an advantage than before because you know that we're eliminating the normal crowd noise i mean in some cases there's a little bit some cases none very little um so the crowd factor is not going to be an issue and it and it certainly is something that You'll wonder if a Kansas City, you know, down against the Texans last year in the playoffs. Remember that? A couple of big plays, the crowd gets into it. I mean, you know, how much of that really helps you? It maybe gets you through tough moments. I I don't know. I mean, those are issues that we're going to see. But I don't think it's going to be as strong. I still think, though, remember, teams that get home field advantage get home field advantage for a reason. Yeah, they're the best team. Mm-hmm. So I still take the best team in the moment, and I do think weather is going to be a big factor and the biggest 
contributing factor to home field. But then again, you don't know. I mean, uh, it, the way way goofy weather is now in Green Bay, it could be like it was on Sunday night, or it could be fifty. Yeah, exactly. uh, I don't know. Fifty would be you know no problem. Uh, a couple more questions here. Rich wants to know your thoughts on Dwayne Haskins getting cut by Washington. Yeah, look, I mean, Dwayne's got a lot of growing up to do. Uh, it's all up to him. Um, I've seen players like this before. Um, maturity level, he's got to learn that, you know, he's got the potential to be a good player in this level. He'll get another chance. Uh, remember, people say, you know, well, claim, now, claiming him is not going to really happen because you got to pick up that salary, but you can get him, uh, uh, you know, you got to compete with him a little with other teams perhaps. Um, but you can still get him on the cheap and an incentivized deal. So, look, he's lost one opportunity. Uh, his life isn't in his career is not over. But if he doesn't grow up, then, you know, I've seen guys struggle like that. Uh, don't don't be another Jamarcus Russell. Um, correct this before it gets too out of hand. And, um, look, that's, that's what I would say. Fully expected, you know, when you don't do the right things and particularly you're not the guy that drafted him. And let, let's remind folks, you know, that that coaching staff in Washington did not want him. And it was right. the owner that made that decision. And Ron Rivera, um, you know, he's got a lot of clout right now because Dan Snyder, even as the owner, is is dealing with a whole lot of stuff. It hasn't been a good year. I, the only guy that's maybe had a bad, uh, worse stretch than uh, Dwayne Haskins, Dan Snyder has. Of course, Dan's fine. He's got enough money. But <laughs> he, he's had a bad, you know, this is this is a bad look. And part of the problem of the Redskins that, that they need, need to clean up, and that's what Ron is, you know, uh, put in position to do. All right. Well, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars will have the number one overall pick and thus Trevor Lawrence. So any rumors on who Jacksonville is going to be looking at for their general manager? That's what Burns wants to know. And Woodshed saying similar uh, to that question, um, is the development a primary concern uh, consideration in hiring a GM and coach and offensive staff? Do you take Trevor Lawrence into consideration when you're making this hire? Oh, sure. I mean, I think you you have to look at a lot of things. Here's the big thing, though. You've got to hire as a head coach the right leader. Don't get tied up into this or that. You can hire a good offensive, defensive coordinator. You can really develop. Um, the Trevor is going to be outstanding. But it's about the talent you put around them. It's it's definitely about how you coach them. Uh, you see, you know, I I don't think Sam Donald is Trevor Lawrence, but Sam Donald is a better player than he's shown with the Jets because they've done a poor job around him. Let's just call it like they've not coached him well. They've not coached that team well. They've not put a good enough team around him, and that's that's a problem. So that's what you have to avoid if you're Jacksonville. That is a plum GM job because you've got a lot of picks, and you will get a franchise quarterback, and that's very, very difficult to do. So uh, you absolutely have to look at that, plus a lot of other things in terms of culture. Uh, the owner there seems, and his son seems to be, you know, pretty patient on what they're willing to do uh, and allow you to do. So I think that that has a chance to be a really good job. It is the most coveted GM job right now of all the openings. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. Uh, let's get to the week 17 schedule, Chris, and some games with playoff implications, other games uh, without. Let's start with the games with playoff implications. We know that the Baltimore Ravens need to win. Uh, right now, I'll pull up exactly what uh, what happens here. Baltimore is currently in the playoff mm -hmm. picture right now at 10 and five. They've been rolling and they take on the Bengals to the Ravens. Keep it rolling and find themselves making the AFC postseason as maybe that six or dare I say even that five seed. Yeah, they, they take care of business against Cincinnati. He's playing a little bit better now, but but no question. They take care of business that that's Baltimore is a dangerous, maybe not going deep but maybe in a one game scenario they definitely get in they will be able to control this game at the line of scrimmage they win they're in you mention it and as you mentioned right now they'd be the sixth seed but uh, still uh, depending on some other things uh, if they're able to win and Miami's able to win they'll they'll slide in and stay in at that sixth seed right now that's where they would be 
Yeah, Baltimore's in with a win no matter what. Uh, let's go to the next game, the Steelers and the Browns. The Steelers have already announced that it's going to be Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Um, you know, maybe they're just trying to set off uh, what happened uh, last year with Miles Garrett. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, but they're going to rest Ben Roethlisberger as they don't have really anything to play for. The Browns, they need a win or a Colts loss or a Titans loss and some other things to happen. Browns, pretty simple. Win and they're in. If the Browns win, they are in the postseason. Do the Browns get it done at home against the Steelers led by Mason Rudolph? I think they do. I mean, I I think Pittsburgh's doing what they need to do here. And if you look at the scenarios, it will have some effect uh, on on, uh, some. But, you know, for Cleveland, you can't let this playoff slip away. It would have tough, tough ending of this season for them if they were to miss the playoffs here and and lose out. That would be difficult because they were looking like they were clearly headed to the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. I think they take care of business, particularly because of Pittsburgh's situation of resting guys, which I completely understand. All right, Dolphins win and they're in. Uh, they play the Buffalo Bills. The Bills uh, right now are the two seed, but they didn't clinch the two seed. If they lose and the Steelers win, then they would be the three seed and Pittsburgh would be the two seed. They can't be lower than that, but obviously you want to be the two seed because then you guarantee yourself home field until you have to go to Arrowhead. Uh, so Miami, can they make themselves into the playoffs with a win here over Buffalo? Oh, they absolutely can. And, you know, you just wonder how Buffalo plays it. Um, um, You know, how much, you know, they win the tiebreaker now over Pittsburgh. You know, you can't assume Pittsburgh's going to lose. So if you're Buffalo, I mean, you like you said, you'd like to be the two seed. It's it's different than in the past. You normally be playing hard for this because the two seed will be a buy. Yeah. Be a buy. <laughs> now all it does, it, like you said, um, and let's remind folks that Kansas City, had home didn't have home field advantage last year. They earned it when Baltimore lost in the first round of the playoffs. So if you get the two seed and somebody knocks out the one and an upset, boom, you got home field then. So if you're Buffalo, you want to you want to hold on to the two seed. Um, but as you kind of look at it, as Buffalo's playing at the same time as Pittsburgh, you wonder how they play it. And if Pittsburgh's getting beat, they 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 begin to pull people out. So I don't know how to really look at this game in terms of I think Miami certainly got highly incentivized they need to win it give them the edge here because i don't know uh i don't i don't want to say i want to say this the right way i don't know how important it's going to be for buffalo to win this game may not be very important at all so i think this is this is pivotal for miami and i think that they will play well and have a shot here on the road here look this this is if you're miami you got to take care of business and you can't you can't hope that baltimore will lose or cleveland will lose um, you know, Indy could lose, but you know, you, you got to plan on, on that Baltimore, Cleveland and Indianapolis are going to win. And if, if those teams win and you lose, you're going to drop out of the playoffs. So you're yeah. Miami, you're in the same situation in Cleveland. You look like you're headed to the playoffs and you get ready to blow it. This is, this is to me, uh, a really intriguing game for all the reasons that I mentioned. All right, the Titans play the Texans. Uh, Tennessee will clinch the division with a win. They could also clinch the division with an Indianapolis loss, but win, and they are your AFC South champions. Are they going to be the division title? Yeah, I think they are, particularly with Houston, and they look like they're kind of half-packed for their season, and I don't think this will be much of a problem here. Tough loss for them last week, Tennessee, but as you mentioned, this is the game that gets them in. Um, you win and they're in, and you know that's a good situation even on the road to be uh, even on the road to be in uh, for Tennessee. So I think they take care of business here. All right, the Colts face the Jaguars. Maybe the Jags uh, fight hard for a win here because they've already clinched Trevor Lawrence, so it's not like they have to tank anymore. But Indy needs so to win, and they need help. They need to win, and uh, any one of the following: Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami lose. If Indy wins combined with any one of those losses, then the Colts will be in the postseason, Chris. And so, look, I mean, I, I like Indy here. They're at home. It's Again, got to win, need some help. We just talked about the Miami situation with Buffalo. How's Buffalo playing it? That, that you know, got to give an edge to Miami there potentially for that. And as you mentioned, 
Cleveland is is in a position with Pittsburgh that Pittsburgh's not playing this. So as we kind of look at the resting, the, the the one team that's sitting there saying, well, yeah, what about us is is Indianapolis. But you know what? You got to take care of business. They didn't take care of business and mm-hmm. they, they lost some games that a uh, couple of games that they shouldn't have. They're the ones that to me look like they're on the outside looking in. I think they win, but they're going to have to have something happen. And a lot, oftentimes it does, but I certainly like with the current predicament that uh, uh, better than 50-50 chance at Miami and Cleveland, and I definitely think Baltimore is going to win. So uh, win and hope if you're Indy. It's not the position you like to be in, but mm-hmm. it's got to start with winning here, and I think they do it against Jacksonville. Well, the NFC is a whole lot of fun this this Sunday, Chris. Uh, the Rams, who will not have Jared Goff at quarterback, I believe it's Walford that's going to be the quarterback for them on yeah. Sunday. And they signed Blake Bortles to be a backup. So they have quarterback issues. But the Rams really aren't a a passing team. They win by running the football and playing good defense. So they can still win the game, you know, with you or I a quarterback as long as we don't make mistakes. Uh, And, and, hey, McVay, if you need me, call me. Uh, The Rams (laughs) play the Cardinals. Chris, if the Rams win, they're in the playoffs. If the Cardinals win, they're in the playoffs. What happens here? You know what? Uh, I like – I still like the Cardinals here, uh, and and not that you know I'm been impressed at any way, shape, or form with the Cardinals' consistency, uh, but I like them to win here. But I still think the Rams, you know, good chance to get in because Green Bay still needs to win, and I just yep, and like them over Chicago. Chicago loses, then the Rams will get in correct. even with a loss. So and that's where I was uh, going next because the Packers still haven't clinched the one seed. Correct. They will clinch it with a win over Chicago or a Seattle loss, uh, but they can handle their own business. The Bears need a win or a Cardinals loss. And yes, the Rams will get in if the Bears lose there. So, yeah. So, I mean, I kind of like the Cardinals to win and I, you know, I like what, the improvements I've seen with the bears, but this is not one of those situations like Miami Buffalo to where I'm not quite sure. I know what click that uh, Cleveland, that, uh, that green Bay is going to play this game. They're going to play it hard, play it like a playoff game. Look, a lot of these games, folks, uh, this is a fun week because you pick the key games that I'm talking about. It's kind of a weird week. It's a playoff week because for some it's, you know, it's, it's just a, it's yep. a, if you lose, you're out, or if you win, you're in, or if you got to win and then you hope that something else, it's got a playoff feel to it this last week. It always does. And with all the games being on one day, uh, it's a lot of fun. I just think Green Bay with a lot to play for. Home field advantage is important, um, and it is still on the line here, and they can't uh, they can't hope that uh, other people do their job for them, and I just think they're better here. So I think Green Bay wins on the road, and I think the Rams will be in, um, and the Bears are going to be out. That's kind of how I see it. All right, well, let's get to the NFC East, Chris. At 1 o'clock Eastern time, the Giants face the Cowboys. The winner of that game will be glued to their televisions on Sunday night football because Washington plays Philadelphia. With a win, Washington is your NFC East champs. They might not have quarterback Alex Smith in this game and will be forced to play with Tyler Heineke at quarterback. If Washington loses to Philadelphia, and that game is in Philly with a backup quarterback, mind you, like I said, Tyler Heineke probably, then the winner of the Giants-Cowboys game will win the NFC East. I look at this; these three teams, these four teams that are playing, I do think Philadelphia is going to beat Washington on Sunday night, Chris. Uh, and then the winner is going to come down to that Cowboys-Giants game. And as much as fans here in New York would love to see the Giants make it, uh, Cowboys have been impressive over the last three weeks. I know they face the Bengals, but, you know, wins against the Bengals, 49ers and Eagles. Their offense is is scoring. Andy Dalton's looked good. I just think the Cowboys get by the Giants rather easily. And then it's going to be the Cowboys as the NFC East champs because Washington loses. That's my opinion. Now let's hear yours. I think this game's a little bit close, Dallas Giants, because uh, we'll take both of them. Uh, let's take both those games in. Let's take all the uh, NFCs in one kind of fell swoop. I think Dallas, the Giants will be competitive. I think it'll be good. Maybe it's the part of the viewer in me just 
because I do think they have to play it as if it's the division championship. It is, like yeah. you said, you, you know, it may not be, it may be, you know, Washington will have determined it, but with the question marks here at quarterback, I think are all valid points. Uh, Dallas has looked a little bit better. Uh, Dallas has kind of, you know, struggled down uh, the stretch of, you know, previous years. I don't trust any of these teams. And I don't know that this is going to be a game in which I would say I'm very confident that anybody's going to to win it. I think it's going to be pretty close. I would give Dallas a, a, an edge, um, but the Giants are at home. Um, I, I think this is going to be fun here. I, I do give the Cowboys a little bit of an edge. And then I, I think really the key to this Washington-Philly game, folks, here's what I would say. It's we really need to see about the status of Alex Smith, what their quarterback situation is, because I do think, and I said it a few weeks ago, I thought Washington would win because they were the most stable at quarterback. Well, the injuries took place, and now right now the, the most stable quarterback situation actually is Andy Dalton and Dallas. You know, yeah. well, Jalen Hurts has played, you know, fairly well, but the reality is Andy Dalton's played the best, <laughs> or, you know, it, it is right now. Uh, but Washington has a good defensive front, and they're very capable of staying in games. If they can be stabilized a little bit at quarterback, I like their chances to beat Philly. Without it, I I agree. I think it's going to be tough. Um, so, you know, as we always thought, it, we always seem to have that Sunday night NFC East game in Week 17, and it usually determines that we've had it where, uh, though, where it truly is the winner is a division winner. We don't have that here. You know, it's, it's, they'll be, you know, be Washington to be cheering on a plane ride home or the train ride from Philly to DC. Um, or, you know, they'll be cheering, you know, in Dallas or in, in the, in Jersey, uh, with, uh, the, with who's going to win this. Hit Burns asked the question, which of these NFC East teams would have the best chance at pulling an upset in the playoffs? Now, I think Dallas would be the only one that would have fans in the stadium because, you know, remember, the NFC East, the NFC East champ is hosting a playoff game. So it's going to be, you know, against that five seed, right? Because they'll be the four seed automatically. So it'll be that five seed that they're hosting. So it looks like right now. It'd and be Tampa. It would be Tampa. And if it plays out, yeah, it's going to Tampa's locked in there. So it's going to be Tampa. So if Tampa has to go to East Rutherford to play the Giants, I don't think the Giants have a chance there. There's no crowd. If Tampa has to go to Washington, I can see them handling their business there. Same thing. If Tampa has to go to Dallas, though, you know, there's going to be fans there at Jerry's World. Maybe there'll be be 30,000 fans. Maybe, maybe a little home field advantage there for the Cowboys. But then again, you're also talking about Tom Brady and that offense on turf with no weather impacting that. I think the only, I think the only difference is there'll be 30,000 fans going home disappointed. Yeah. I I don't think there's a real, I, I get it, and I would say maybe if there's a blizzard in Washington or yeah, or I, New York, but, yeah, but Tom Brady knows how to play in that weather. I, I would say that um, that Dallas right now, unless Washington can get healthy, play at quarterback. So it really comes down to that again is the yeah. answer to your question. But I don't see. Um, I'm not buying the Bucks going all the way, but I am buying the Bucks on the road in the first round, wherever they got to go. I, I really do. <laughs> well, Chris, you're on top of everything over there at LandryFootball.com. And this is the time, if you're not a member, to join up now to get you ready for the college football playoff and the NFL postseason. It absolutely is. We're really excited about it. So obviously we break down all the NFL games each and every week. We'll continue to do that this week. And then obviously next week when we reconvene, we'll be talking about six Six playoff games next week because we'll have a triple header Saturday, triple header Sunday for the first round and that wild card weekend. That's the change we've been talking about it all year long. They're extra team, extra game. So we'll have six games the next week to break down. Uh, but we do that over at LandryFootball.com in, in great detail. We're breaking down all the bowl games for you. And I know there's going to only end up being 18 and maybe less. But as they're, we got them all broken down for you, take a look at who's graded out the best players. Folks, we're going to be rolling out all our draft information. Uh, it's football all year round. And so even as the games begin to dwindle and getting into the playoffs, we break that down. But evaluating rosters, recruiting, the transfer portal in college, free agency in the NFL, the draft, it gives you a front office view, a scouting view, a coaching view of the college and pro game. 
That's why you want to become a member and take advantage of our holiday savings. Now we've got that in a little bit longer to take advantage of that. Uh, join it for a year and you get the best discount that we have. You can try it out for a month. It's less than $10 a month. It is cheaper than that if you take advantage of the year membership. So uh, it's like having your own scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. So take advantage of it today. LandryFootball.com. We'll see you there. And you can listen to free podcasts by subscribing to Landry Football's conference call, the Twitch channel, all of our shows there, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. All the links are up there at LandryFootball.com. Be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott's on Air, and we will be back next Tuesday breaking down the college football playoff semifinal matchups and getting you ready for the national title game uh, there. And, and as we get a report here, I guess Woodshed's letting us know that De'Ara King is in crutches yes. with a brace on his leg there. Uh, but Miami putting together a nice little comeback effort here against Oklahoma State. So we'll watch yeah, the remainder of that game. We're doing that. Absolutely. And get, and get ready for Texas, Colorado coming up uh, from the Alamo Dome there Absolutely. in San Antonio. Chris, until uh, next week, enjoy the playoffs. Have a happy, a healthy, and most importantly, a safe New Year. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all our listeners, in particular, all our folks in the chat room, all you guys, Bernsey and Rich and Witcher King. Happy New Year. Enjoy the games. We'll be back to break it down um, next week. Tomorrow, I'll be on with the Scouts Eyes show and Landry Football Podcast, so join me tomorrow morning for that. A uh, lot of fun, Scott. Enjoy the games. It's it's a fun time of year. I guess we could say the cliche. He'll talk to you next year. That's right. That's right. <laughs> See you later. So long. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.